Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Faith is, is simply believing what God has said, His Word. It's true. And that means all the teachings we'll do on authority and power and healing and miracles and death and sin and disease, all the principles are going to come from God's truth. So what you hear here can build faith in your life. Well, how, how do I get faith? How do I get to great faith? Very easy. Romans ten seventeen, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When taking an honest look at our lives as individuals, many of us would agree that our faith is mediocre at best. Although we can go through seasons of great faith, we all struggle with continually having the faith that, as Christ would put it, can move mountains. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark teaches us how we can continually grow in our faith. In our study, we learn the importance of continually taking in God's word. If you struggle with your faith, then take heart in knowing that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, God Provides Healing. The main reason Jesus came to earth was one thing, to save people spiritually, not physically. Jesus does heal, but the main reason Jesus came to earth was not to heal physically, but to heal spiritually, because all of us have sin. Jesus knew that if the word began spreading, here's a man, no matter your illness, you can be touched, that that would interfere early on in his ministry with getting the gospel message out. See, because people are really only concerned about the one thing that's here right now. In fact, he says to this man, don't go tell anybody. We know from Luke, this man said, forget it. He went and told everybody. Just exactly the opposite. And the book of Luke tells us that Jesus then, because of that, he could hardly go into many towns anymore. Because when the word came out, Jesus here, and he couldn't minister the gospel like he wanted to. So there was a reason early on that Jesus didn't promote that. It's a little different than some of the things we see on Christian TV today, isn't it? Well, he said to the man, don't go tell anybody, but he did tell the man to do something. Look at the rest of that verse. But go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. You see, in the book of Leviticus, there were rules about, well, if you were clean, 
if you were healed, and it's so rare in the Old Testament, we hardly ever see it, other than obviously a touch from God. But they had to go to the priest, which was kind of like the, the doctor clinic in those days, and the priest could say to you, you are, you aren't. You see, the priest would be the same one that said, well, you have leprosy, you must leave your family, you must leave your job, must go to the city, you're an outcast, you stay outside, you can't touch anybody, you can't do that. So if he comes back and he says to the priest, Jesus says, now you go show the priest, you go show the rabbi. Why did he do that? Well, two reasons. One, when he went to the rabbi, the rabbi's looking at him and say, this is a guy that had, you're, you're totally healed. How did that happen? Well, I met this man called Jesus. Well, I've heard about him. Well, what are you going to do when the guy's standing in front of you healed? You have to either say, true or not true, correct? And if you know he's healed, you can fool yourself and deceive yourself say he's not healed, but the priest is going to have to go, wow, there's something to this Jesus. That was one of the reasons for miracles. Well, the second real reason was this. Jesus knew that the man couldn't go back to his wife, his family, his society, and to the synagogue until he was pronounced clean by the priest. So Jesus obeyed the law, said, go back, do all the things they need to do. You see, when Jesus touched this man, we don't know how many years it had been since somebody touched him. Can you imagine this morning? Just a moment ago, you shook hands, how are you, a nice, whatever, touch. Can you imagine going... A week, a month, a year, with no personal touch? We're touchy people. That'd be, some of you say, well, I'm not really touchy people. You wouldn't want to go a year without it. So this was important. So this man went back, went back into society, went to his home. The joy of the Lord was there. Why? Because of Jesus. So we see God's power over disease. Verse 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, that would be the place where his ministry would be headquartered, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed in terrible suffering. Now remember, the leper was an outcast. Jews wouldn't have anything to do with him. Jesus touched him. Now we come to, well, it's like three strikes and you're out. The Roman was a Gentile. Jews hated Gentiles. Second, a Roman politically had oppressed the nation of Israel. They couldn't do what they wanted because Rome had overcome their nation. They were ruling them. They hated Romans. They hated Roman soldiers. And here's something totally unheard of in that day. A Roman, very proud man, centurion has a hundred soldiers under him, comes a long way to Jesus and asks to pray for his servant. Well, servants were throwaway people. This shocked the Jews. Well, what would Jesus do to a Gentile, a Roman, who comes to ask for a servant? All things that the Jews went, forget it. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. And the centurion replied, with a little humility, it took him boldness to come here, but notice, he says, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say, circle this, the word. Just say the word. And my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I tell this one, go. And he goes. And that one, come. And he comes. Wouldn't you like to have that kind of authority in your home over your pets? (laughs) 
I just say to my dog, come and she goes. How about you? Then he goes on and he says, he says, I say to my servant, do this. And he does it. How many like to say that's true of your teenager? You say, do this. They don't do it. Or they do it halfway, right? So this soldier brings in military terms that he equates to Jesus. Strange. Two words. Let's define them this morning. First is power. It's not, you can bench press 500. It's not that power. It's spiritual power. It's not political power. Spiritual power. It's the power that Jesus talked about. We talked about on Wednesday night. If you weren't here, get the DVD. Being baptized with the Spirit. You will receive power, dutimus. It's our word for dynamite. To go and be witnesses to the world. See, we don't operate in man's power. We operate in God's power. I'm not teaching you today in man's power. I'm teaching you today in the unction and the power of the Holy Spirit. Second word is authority. Authority means the lawful right to exercise the power. See, I can have the power, but if I don't have authority to operate with it, I can't do it. Or if I have the authority, but no power doesn't do any good. It takes both. This soldier, this pagan, it's amazing. Jesus says, I'll go heal the servant. And humility, the centurion says, no, 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 you don't need to do that. He says, hey, I say to my men, do this. And I'm just a representative. My word is a representative of the emperor of Rome. I represent Rome. Well, Jesus, all you have to do is say, heal the servant. And you're a representative of God. Now, that's amazing for a pagan to say that. See, he understood the chain of command. What he was really saying is, Jesus, you have authority and power over sickness. Just say the word, and that power, which comes from God, will heal my servant. Now, when Jesus, verse 10, heard this, he was, what's the word? Astonished. And said to those following him, now you have to understand this, I tell you the truth. Now that doesn't mean when you read Jesus, I tell you the truth, doesn't mean like, well, the other time I talked to you, I lied to you. What that means is when he says, I tell you the truth is, listen up, big truth coming. He says, I tell you the truth. I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Let's pick you this morning to be all the people listening to Jesus, all Jews. You know the Bible, been there forever. Some of you rabbis, whatever. And Jesus looks out at you and says this, This pagan has more faith than all of you. That's a spiritual slap, big time. Because the people who are supposed to be of faith are the Jews. They're they're God's people. He says, this pagan, I think I've been here 30 years and I haven't seen this kind of faith from my people. I haven't seen it. What is this faith? What is faith? Here's a simple definition. Faith is the confidence that what God has said will indeed happen. Can you imagine me being here today teaching you truth? And then I have to say to you, you know what? I, I don't know whether that's true or not. It's in here, but I kind of struggle with it myself. You'd feel real confident, wouldn't you? 
So faith is, is simply believing what God has said, his word, it's true. And that means all the teachings we'll do on authority and power and healing and miracles and death and sin and disease, all the principles are going to come from God's truth. So what you hear here can build faith in your life. Well, how, how do I get faith? How do I get to great faith? Very easy. Romans ten seventeen, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see, the more you're here, the more you read, meditate, listen to the word of God, the greater your faith. That's where it comes from. You're right. You're doing good. You're here. You're under the sound of the word. And you're going to learn this morning about healing and power and authority and prayer and why God came. And all of those things build faith into you. You see, because the real you is not physical. The real you is spiritual. Well, Jesus says this. There's coming a day when I'm coming back from my people. Can I trust that? Well, sure you can. Because God said it. For those of you that aren't Christians, Jesus says, all you have to do is ask me and I'll forgive you of your sins and give you a brand new start. Well, that's not possible, is it? Well, sure it is. That's what he'll do. We've all failed. And so that's all it means is just hear the word of God, believe it and work it, practice it. Great faith pleases God. He's pleased with Tremendous faith. Now, what stifles faith? Dead religion. Go to a church. They never teach from this. Or they teach one verse and you never see the Bible again and they're all over the realm. We have a new thing out now and I won't even talk to you about it much other than say the word and be careful. It's called the emerging church kind of deal. It's like, well, truth is relative. And there are gospel churches teaching that today. Garbage. Truth is relative? Doesn't, well, what it says there doesn't really mean that. And that's what's being taught. See, man's intelligence overcomes the truth of the Word of God. So Jesus says to this man, I've never seen such great faith. I want to challenge you today. Put yourself right now in, in the shoes of this centurion. If your servant was sick with tremendous pain with paralysis, would you have come to Jesus? You see, great faith takes action. Well, let me bring it a little closer to home. You have a need in your life, in your business, in your home, physically. Children, grandchildren, whatever, decisions to make. You approach God about it. Have you asked God? Have you approached him and said, God, I know know you have answers. Your word says in the book of James, if I lack wisdom, ask you, I know you have the answer. Have you even worked your way through the crowd to ask? I want to ask you to do a little homework. I've been working on it myself. It says Jesus was astonished at his faith. Let me ask you a question. Is Jesus astonished at your faith? I've had to ask myself that question all week. It's a good homework assignment. Pray about it this week. Is Jesus astonished at my at my faith? Would he call my faith this morning great? Do I even approach him with expectancy? You see, this is a pagan. 
comes to a point of need and he comes to Jesus and he goes, just say the word. He believed God's word. He says, you have enough power just to say it. Do I have that kind of faith? Well, then Jesus not only makes that bold statement, but boy, does he get him in verse 11 and 12. Look at it. Jesus says, I say to you, many will come from the east and the west and take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of God. Let me just have your attention. Real easy to understand. What's he saying? If you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, who do you think of? Jews. So Jews, and you see the last word, he's talking about heaven. Verse, this verse is about heaven. So he says, Jesus says, in the end days, there's going to be Jews, the, the spiritual patriarchs are going to be in heaven. Well, we expect that. Then he says, there's going to be masses of people from where? From where? From where? East and west. Who's he talking about? Gentiles. He says there's going to be masses of people from the Gentile nations, way more than Jews. Now, how did the Jews take that? Not too happy. So he says in heaven, there's going to be Jews, but there's going to be masses of Gentiles. Then he tells us why in verse 12. Verse 11 is about heaven. Verse 12 is about hell. And he says, but the subject of the kingdom, the Jews will be thrown outside into, you say, what is hell like? Into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. See, Jesus is contrasting the great faith of the Gentile with no faith from the religious Jews. The religious Jews were doing nothing that had built faith. They were just a system of dead religion. Now, Why does he contrast that? See, to the Jew, the Jew believe this. If you're a Jew, you go to heaven. If you're a Gentile, you go to hell. So a Jew believe if you're a Jew, you just, it doesn't matter what, how you live, you just automatically, it's just a ticket to heaven. What is Jesus saying? Whoa. This is not true at all. You say, what a stupid thing to believe. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's bring it down to here. You see, my dad was a pastor. My bad mom went to Bible school. My grandpa was a pastor. Actually, my grandma was a pastor. So I'm going to heaven because I got good genes. <laughs> what people that believe that? I've been a member this long. I've gone to this church. I read the Bible through three times. No, what Jesus was saying, it doesn't matter what ethnic nation you're from. It doesn't matter what religious church you're from. There's only one key, and you see it. The faith that's going to get you to heaven It's not in your genes. It's not in your background. It's not in your family. It's not in your ethnicity. It's in Jesus Christ. Heaven, for those who have faith, real faith in Jesus. Hell, for those who who don't. Again, Jesus talks about heaven and hell. We'll look at verse 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go! Now remember, this is power over distance. The centurion's kilometers away. We don't know how far. He says, go, it will be done just, and I want you to underline these words, as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. Jesus said to that centurion, you expected me to say the word. That's the great faith. Because of that, Go, and this, your servant, will be healed just exactly as you said. 
Just exactly as you expected. I want you to write this principle down. It's very powerful. We usually get about what we expect. What are you expecting in your life today? What are you expecting God to do in and through you? You see, so often we live way under what God wants to do. We get in a rut. We get in a routine so much so that we don't even think about the power of God anymore. What can you expect God to do in and through you? You know, this, this movement called Calvary Chapel, just one of many wonderful movements in the world, was started on ventures of faith. But it's not about the big church. We have all kinds of things we're going to talk about tonight. But here's what happened. When we get a little settled and, and kind of think we've arrived, we're just status quo. We're fine. We're Christians. We're going to heaven. We come to church. We do it. But there, there's no expectancy of God doing something. When is the last time you opened your Bible and went, God, what do you want me to do today? What's going to happen? I expect some incredible things from you, God. What do you want? This week I was out to lunch. And I prayed that morning, God just, whatever. And an individual come on, I can't give you the details. This individual came by, and God just opened up the door. She was a waitress. And she just began to share her story. And I began to witness to her. She comes to this church some. And she just, and I just knew God was going to do something. So as I left the restaurant, she just grabbed me and she said, will you pray with me? I said, Absolutely. And I'm going to meet with her. And she poured her heart out there. Now, you believe that's by accident? No, people are hurting. And they're expecting you to open your heart. When I walked out of there, I went, unbelievable, impossible, God. I changed the time. I had to go early. It wasn't even there. The guy that was, I was with was way at the back. I never sit at that place. Here we are. And I started the conversation with, you look like somebody that's one of our people here at church. And it wasn't her, it was somebody. And that's how the conversation, I had no idea she even came. And she had, as she looked at me, she went, whoa, Pastor Mark. She didn't even know initially it was me. What do you expect? Do you, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. If you've been coming to this church more than three weeks, why do you have to raise your hand for a Bible? Do you mean you don't read one the rest of the week? Well, what kind of faith will you have? Great. Notice, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You see, this is the church that believes in the Word of God. But you have to believe it for you. You have to change. You have to expect God. You can pray for tomorrow for God to open a door. This Christmas thing, this could turn Brevard County upside down. You say, well, you're too excited about it. You better believe I am, because that's the heart of God. Whether you've struggled with religion in general or you're a professing Christian, each of us struggles with faith in some form or another. With all the self-help books, hundreds of religions, and constantly changing worldviews, it can be pretty hectic when trying to build a foundation for faith. In today's message, Pastor Mark taught us about the ultimate source of truth, and how we can build our faith upon it, the written Word of God. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. When living in a world that's constantly faced with death, disease, and sickness, it's rather easy to become accustomed and assume this is all there is. However, the Bible teaches us that the world wasn't always like this, and that there will come a time that all things will be restored. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will expand upon the power of the cross, its defeat over sin, and how death and disease will one day be no more. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. In a hurting world A new hope he is given